Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people and children of all ages. How are you guys doing today? It's me, Mula Mir, and I'm back again with another episode of Sports with the Dorks. Again, it is just me this time. Just me, no Siv the Kid, no CC Do You Love Me. Just me again. How long has it been? A month? Month and a half since the last time we spoke? Actually, I think it's been longer than that. Oops, I'm sorry, guys. You know, most consistent channel, channel, most consistent podcast on the internet. <laughs> How you guys doing today? Been a long day. Just came home from work. Well, I know that's not what y'all want to talk about. So let's talk about the Eagles. We ended the season 4-11-1. I'm so happy the season has ended. Finally, it's been a mess up and down, left and right. Reports about Carson here, reports about Doug here, a lack of reports about Howie. I just I'm I don't I don't get that part. I don't get the Howie Roseman. Like Jeffrey Lurie hasn't said more about Howie Roseman or his disgust for what Howie Roseman has done. I tweeted it before that Howie Roseman is a cancer that Jeffrey Lurie has failed to diagnose and now he's starting to see the consequences of of that. How poor drafting and overspending on free agents and overspending on older players has hurt this team this team is has a lack of talent on both sides of the ball but specifically on offense like the offense was terrible this year they were 26 in points 24th in total yards 30th in giveaways at a bottom five passing attack 28th to be exact and they were but one good thing that came out of it is that they were top 10 in rushing they were number nine and was third in yards per attempt like the running game worked just that he ran the ball 40% of the time compared to 60% of the time when it comes to passing the ball. Passing is your strength, and yes, you do that. You pass the ball, but it's not. It's not. The scheme is broken. The raw concepts are broken. The teaching, the coaching is broken. Everything. They, they really need to scrap everything this all season when it comes to the offense, at least. The Eagles were bad when it comes to turning the ball over, like really bad. 15.3% of their drives ended in turnovers. That is second highest in the league. And they don't they didn't score points. 27.9% of their drives ended in scores. That is 31st in the league. 31st. They weren't scoring. They weren't scoring the ball at all. The defense was, if you want to call it a bright spot, the defense was a bright spot. A lot better than the offense. They were 19th they were 19th in total yards allowed, 22nd in takeaways, which is bad. They only had eight picks all season. They were 23rd against the run and 15th against the pass. They could have been a lot better, but they were better than the offense. The offense was downright putrid and bad. Like, And at some point, everyone was bad. The, the Eagles' best player this year was Cameron Johnston, and he missed time. The punter, the punter was the best person on this team. Like, Jason Kelsey had bad games. Carson had a whole lot of bad games. Miles Sanders had bad games. The entire offensive line. Had bad games. Darius Slay had bad games. Of course, Jalen Mills and Avante Maddox had bad games. I don't know what you expect from them at this point. Um, the D line had bad games. Fletcher Cox had bad games. Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, the list goes on and on and on of who had bad games. Coaches had bad games, especially Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson was bad all year. Changes for real need to be made. We already know that Jim Schwartz isn't coming back. There was a report earlier today that um, Rich Gangarello wasn't coming back. I mean, I don't know if Marty Morningwig is going to come back. I mean, it really it really doesn't matter, honestly, because they both are just 
I don't know what kind of impact they had on the offense because when they came in, like, I was excited. I was really excited about the people who they brought in and the coaching staff. And it's like, okay, they're really going to turn this around. They drafted Jalen Rager. We're really going to, like, use him like we should use him. But none of that happened. Whatever Rich Gangarello was brought in to do, it didn't work. Whatever Marty Morningwig was brought in to do, it didn't work. It was uh, – it was too many cooks in the kitchen. Like, you just need one person calling plays, drawing up plays, maybe two. It worked with Frank Reich and Doug Peterson, so maybe two people calling plays max or two people coming up with plays and schemes and game plans max because whatever whatever they seemed to do, it it just didn't work. None of it worked. There's, there's one benefit from a season this bad, and that is the sixth pick in the draft. That, that is the best thing that could have came from this season. I wish I could say the best thing was how we getting fired, but that's not the case. He's just not going to be. I don't even think they'll fire him next year if they have a, a similar year. Like, I think Jeffrey Lurie just loves him some Howie Roseman. They are, like, tight, like, very tight. And it, it hurts him because he has to learn how to put personal – in a personal relationship and a business relationship, he has to learn how to separate those two. Until he does that, they're not going to win at all. Is Howard Roseman is going to continue to do what he does. And I've, I've seen people say, oh, why don't you just do what, how, what he did with Chip Kelly and how he just put Howard Roseman in a different part, you know, of the front office. I don't think that's going to work. Like, uh, I think Howie needs to be out of the building. Like, Howie needs to be gone, like, out of the building. That's the only way this is going to work, in my opinion, at least. Like, Howie has to be going. They need a fresh face in there. I love Lewis Riddick, but they're not. They're not. He's going to get hired this all season by somebody. If he doesn't, it's going to be a miracle. He's he's going to be he's going to be hired by somebody this season as a GM. And they are going to get the one hell of a GM because I think he is really good, and he's not one of those blowhards on TV who just be talking the talk. I really, when you listen to him, his football knowledge and how he talks about the game and players like he he gets it he knows it he sees it and i would have loved lewis riddick but how he isn't going anywhere for the time being when it comes to the draft i want to talk about the draft when it comes to the draft i've seen a lot of people want devonta smith i want i love devonta smith I'm not going to say that he's bad or anything because he's not. He's a really good receiver. He just won the Heisman yesterday, and he deserved it. He balled out, like, completely. Like, he couldn't be stopped. First Heisman winner since Desmond Howard, a receiver since Desmond Howard. That was 1991. That was a long time ago since a receiver has won the Heisman. That is a quarterback's award, just like MVP is a quarterback's award. But my number one receiver is Jamar Chase. Like, people have forgotten how good Jamar Chase is. Justin Jefferson was a was a really, really, really good receiver last year. He wasn't even the best receiver on his team. Jamar Chase terrorized defenses. Jamar Chase is the number one receiver in this draft. I don't even think that Devontae Smith, Devonta Smith is the best receiver on his team. I think Jalen Waddle is a way better receiver. Not a way better receiver, but I do believe he's a better all-around receiver than he is. Like in terms of route running, if you don't think that Jalen if you think that Jalen Waddle is just a speed guy, you Turn the tape on. Jalen Waddle is not just a speed guy. Jalen Waddle will cross you out your boots just like Justin Jefferson, just like Devonta Smith will. He is the person. My 
my top three receivers in this order, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith is good. Don't get me wrong. He is. I love him. I love his game. I love receivers who can He just flats out gets it done. He does. He's not the biggest. He's not the strongest. He's not the fastest. But he's always open. So is Jalen Waddle. So is Jamar Chase. People forget how good the, those two receivers are because they didn't play. Devonta Smith wouldn't have won the Heisman if Jalen Waddle didn't get hurt. He wouldn't have. Point blank period. If you look at the numbers in the four games that they played, most, in most of those games, Devonta Smith was outperformed by Jalen Waddle. In most of those games. Hopefully Jalen Waddle plays in the um, championship game so you can see just how good Jalen Waddle is. Unless he's not 100%. Because I don't, honestly, I think he should just sit it out and just wait. I think that'll be best for him and best for his draft stock. But if he wants to play, go out there and play. I just need people to see how good Jalen Waddle is. Like, whoever selects Jalen Waddle will be getting a stud at receiver. He's really good. Really good. All right. Now, in terms of the offseason, the offseason is going to be hectic. This is going to be a very, very hectic offseason with cuts, trades. I don't know if they're going to be able to sign anyone because of how their cap situation is. But if I will take my hat off, I tip my cap to Howie for what he does, allowing the Eagles to get back into positive cap space because Time and time again, they've been and they've started off seasons in negative cap space, and he somehow, some way, has been getting the Eagles twenty, thirty million over the cap, under the cap, so he can actually go out and sign players because he has to because he misses on draft picks. Man, all season, I can't wait though. Like, I really can't wait for the all season to start. Like, I want to see who they acquire, who they trade, who they cut. I want to see if guys like Brandon Graham or Rodney McLeod get cut or. If they get re-signed, or I think, or if like guys like Derek Barnett who hasn't who haven't performed up to par gets traded because his cap hit is probably like not, probably like nine million at this point. He's a first round pick, so if his if he gets traded because of how high his cap hit is for low production that he has, and I wonder if they trade guys like Fletcher Cox. I don't think they will. I think Fletcher Cox stays, and I think he gets restructured. But I don't. But it's always a possibility of guys like that getting traded just because of how deep in cap space the hell they are. Um, I don't know the exact number. I see different numbers all the time, whether it's $60 million, $70 million. I've even seen as high as $80 million, So I don't necessarily know who to believe. I just know that we're in cap hell and that we, we're in some deep doo-doo and it's going to take us a while to get out of it. If Howie, or it's going to take, he can get out of it this whole season. By cutting guys like DJ, even though I don't want DJ to go, it's like it's just a nostalgia thing at this point. DJ might get cut. Alshon Jeffrey is for sure getting cut. Malik Jackson is for sure getting cut. I can't think of any more off the top of my head currently, but for sure those guys are getting cut. Like for sure, like there's no way those guys don't get cut. And if they don't get cut, it's going to be riots. I promise you that. Especially Alshon Jeffrey, we've been calling for his head for a couple years now. Ever since he. Talk bad about Carson. We just, no one is like them. Like, and honestly, I don't think anyone is safe. The only person that might be safe is Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is probably safe. He's on a cheap deal. He's your best friend. He's your best. He, when he's on the field, he's your best offensive player. And shout out to him for making the Pro Bowl. I understand that it took him, it took Madden for him to become a Pro Bowler. But he made the Pro Bowl. And I'm not going to say he deserved it. But, hey, we got him in there. Good job, Eagles fans. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of change. 
new. Hopefully, they bring an offensive coordinator. I pray that they bring an offensive coordinator because whatever Doug is doing does not work at all. I detailed it earlier. Well, I didn't really detail it, but I went through it earlier. They really, they do not, it does not work, and I do not like it. The offense sucks bad. So they need to bring in an offensive coordinator. I think Doug Peterson is a great head coach. I think he is a great leader of men. His players like him. His players fight for him all the time. The only thing is he is just not a good play caller, not a good game planner. Not He doesn't scheme players open. He doesn't do anything well. Like Sean McVay is one hell of a coach when it comes to like drawing people open and getting calling plays and knowing when to call plays and who to call plays for and what plays to call for certain players. Like he's he's really good at that. Sean McVay is one hell of a coach when it comes to that. But I think Doug Peterson is a better like head coach, a better leader of men rather. Doug Peterson needs to find himself a solid offensive coordinator and not we're not doing no promotions. I love Deuce. I do think Deuce should get a chance. I don't think Deuce will get a chance here, especially after the season the Eagles had any offensive coordinator jobs that he might have, I don't think he'll get for that reason, I don't think he'll be promoted. I honestly do think you need to bring someone else in. I think it's, he's due. He's actually due for a, like a promotion. I think he should be offensive coordinator. He should have been named offensive coordinator. I'm upset that he was. I'm upset that Mike Grow got it before him. Doug should have gave it to Deuce, but he didn't. They fired Mike Grow. Mike Grow was scapegoated when it turns out that you know Doug was the person who wasn't playing, who wasn't coaching well, who doesn't do that stuff well. Um, I don't know if they're going to fire Aaron Moorhead and bring in a new receivers coach. Um, I don't think they should just to bring some continuity, some type of continuity to that position because they've had a different receiver coach pretty much every year. Um, Press Taylor should be fired. He should be going. Like, I will walk him. I will drive him straight to the airport. I will pack his bags for him. I will buy him lunch. I will buy him whatever he needs on his flight go back to wherever he wants to go because he should be fired he has not helped Carson at all and if you think that most of Carson's struggles are on Carson the mental stuff is all the way on Carson the stuff that could be taught needs to be fixed he hasn't helped Carson grow as a player at all he's regressed under Carson Wentz has regressed under Press Taylor that's all you need to know and he's not going to develop Jalen Hurts if they do decide to move on from Carson which I think would be a mistake but if they if Jalen Hurts is the guy that they want to continue with, Press Taylor needs to be fired because he's not he he's not going to work. Wentz has regressed. There's no reason. He gives me no reason to believe. Press Taylor's given me no reason to believe that he can coach, period. Whether that's calling plays, whether that's coaching quarterbacks, whether that's coaching receivers, whatever he used to do, it, it hasn't worked. As long as he is – when he has had power – in terms of being like a coach and people listening to him, the Eagles, the more power he's gained, the more the Eagles have regressed offensively. I'm not I'm not going to sit there and say it's all his fault because it's not, but something like that, him, it's just not like he can't. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, like I'm pretty sure you get my point by now. He he can't. He's done. Over with. Finished. Like, Press Taylor should have been fired yesterday. I would have fired him as soon as the season ended because he he gives me no confidence that he can either fix Carson or develop Hurts. He he gives me no confidence at all in what he can do. Like none. Like none whatsoever. Style O. As well as Stout. Just Stoutland should stay. Like I, I feel as though they should cut gut the whole offensive side of the football and just restart again. But honestly, like think about it now. Deuce Deuce definitely stays. Stoutland stays. And um 
Aaron Moore hits the state just for the sole fact that he that continuity. Unless you can find somebody better, which you probably won't be able to. Good position coaches usually don't change for other teams to be on the same to do the same job. They usually, you know, become offensive coordinator or take like a it's rare that you get a head coaching job after being just a position coach, but either way. Either way. Also the medical staff needs to I don't think they'll change the medical staff. I don't think they will because the guys that they hired are elite guys. They've won awards for what they've done in recent awards. Not even not not like the Phillies and John Middleton, who seems to think that Andy McPhail, who won two World Series 30 years ago, matters. Even though he fixed it, they went out there and they got some some great people. But it wasn't awards from 30 years ago. Like, they've been recently awarded. It's the strength and conditioning coaches, though, they need to be fired. If they haven't been fired already, they need to be fired immediately because it's just it's not working. Like, like the more that I realize that the medical staff just treats injuries and they don't have nothing to do, they might have something to do with how long somebody is out, but they definitely don't have nothing to do with guys getting hurt and a whole bunch of soft tissue injuries that this team seems to always come across. Strength and conditioning coaches. They whoever they are, they need to be fired. I will look. I feel I'm embarrassed that I'm so unprepared and don't know names. I don't know names next time, but those guys need to be fired. They need to be gone. Also, have y'all heard about the y'all heard about the Wentz and the Ertz and what's going on with them too, right? Him, Wentz, Ertz, and Kelsey all set out hours after the game had ended, just sitting there talking with um chief of security, I believe. And just reminiscing, probably, and just talking, because this is possibly the last game that those three will play together. And they have been here for quite a long time. Carson's been here for five. Zachers has been here for like I believe seven or eight, maybe. Um, Kelsey has been here for a while. Probably, I think he's been here longer than um. I think he's been here longer than Zach Ertz has. But they just—they really need. Like, they really need to figure out what they're going to do with them. Like, as much as I don't want to see Zacherts go, as much as I don't want to see Carson go, as much as I don't want to see Jason Kelsey go, I think all three of them. I think, well, Carson is a little murky because pretty much, I forgot who tweeted it, but someone said, is is Carson, Carson Wentz's decision is going to be as simple as if he's starting or not. If he is guaranteed a starting job, he'll be back. If he's not, he's going to want to be traded. And I agree with that 100%. If the Eagles tell him he's the starter, he's gone. Or he's going to he's going to stay. Excuse me. But if the Eagles tell him he most likely is going to have to fight for his job or, like, like they don't know or Hurts might be, you know, the starter as of right now, if they tell him that, he's going to want to trade. And I don't blame him for seeking a better, like, opportunity for himself because what else does he have to prove? Like, he's proven himself, like, three times already. Like, what else, like? Like, he proved himself in 2016 where they were comfortable enough. They were comfortable enough to trade Sam Bradford for Carson Wentz because the plan was to sit him. The plan was to sit him and just have have Sam Bradford play that season until he eventually inevitably got hurt or he was traded. And they felt he won that battle. He won that battle. He won the Nick Foles battle. He won the Nick Foles battle because they, they let him walk, like, if he if they didn't think that he was a better quarterback, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have let Nick Foles walk. 
I think the Eagles did a poor job of managing their foes, though. I would have traded them to the Browns for that second-round pick they were trying to offer because that was the most you was going to get for him. You wasn't going to get a first for him because he's just not that talented of a quarterback. He's a system quarterback. System quarterbacks don't go for first-round picks. They don't. So I would have I would have easily took that trade and be like, hey, I love you, Nick Foles. Thank you for the Super Bowl. But, like, you're going to Cleveland. Like, for because the two was the best you was going to do. But back to my point, he beat out Nick Foles, whether that's play on the field or in camp or whenever he beat him. He beat out Nick Foles. So, what? like, I don't understand what more he has to prove. Like, has he played a playoff game? No. Has he won a – well, he hasn't played in a playoff game, so he hasn't really – so he hasn't really won any playoff games. But he hasn't won any playoff – has he won any playoff games? No. Has he won any, like, awards? No. Um, he should have been MVP. If, if he played off – it's hard. I don't want to keep going back to 2017. But it's – that's the best we've seen Carson Wentz. So, of course, everything he does is going to get compared to 2017. So, he should have won MVP in 2017. If he didn't get hurt, he would have won MVP. But, hey. He didn't, and he hasn't been. He's regressed every season since in terms of, actually, in terms of numbers. Like, I mean, his numbers have stayed pretty much steady. Like, to the naked eye, yes, he's regressed every year, but it's like if you take a deep dive into his numbers, like 2018 was better than 2017. He regressed after 2018 is when he regressed. He wasn't lighting the world on fire in 2018. He was just more efficient in 2018 than he was in 2017. But in 2019, in 2019, he regressed. In 2020, he took a big step back. He took a huge leap back and led the league in interceptions before he was, you know, benched. Like, but honestly, like, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. I do not think that all of Carson Wentz's struggles are on him. I do not think that he is in, he has been put in a poor situation. Does Jalen Hurts look better in this offense? Yes, but that's because the offense is tailored around Jalen Hurts. Like, Doug Peterson is calling plays that help Jalen Hurts. He never did that for Carson. And even if he did, if he did do it, they didn't work because they never was blocked long enough. Also, I can't, you know, deny the fact that Carson has also changed his plays at the line. Maybe, maybe that, maybe Doug offense for Carson did work. And Carson just checked out of everything. Maybe it did. I don't know. But I have to be fair to Doug in that regard because I don't, Carson does check. At the line, he checks at the line often. So maybe, maybe he is changing plays that might have worked if he just ran the offense. But then again, when he doesn't check plays, the plays still don't work. So it's it's fifty fifty on that in terms of that. Like in terms of them two, like that's like that's fifty fifty. Howie deserves a big blame in it because he is currently have not put any weapons around Carson Wentz, like, whatsoever. He hasn't put any weapons around him since 2017. If he was good at drafting, probably would be, he have probably one of the best receiving cores in the league if he was, you know, could draft correctly. He had Alshon and Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith probably was on the decline anyway when he was here. What's his name? Alshon Jeffrey. He played that entire season hurt, and honestly, he's been hurt ever since. 
Like, Alshon Jeffrey was hurt before he got here. When he got here, he was hurt. He played the season hurt. It was He was really good, but then after that, he just fell off a cliff. Like, it was it was bad. What happened to Alshon was bad. I don't, I don't get it. He looks slow. He doesn't look interested half the time. But Alshon plays who Alshon wants to play for. Like, Alshon doesn't play for Carson. He plays for everyone else but Carson. But that's a, another story for another day. That's another rant. I do believe that if they would have just surrounded him with better talent, they probably, like, he probably wouldn't look as bad. If he had a go-to receiver, they wouldn't look as bad. It's just going to be a real sad sight to see when he leaves because I am a big fan of Carson Wentz. I was a big fan when he got drafted. I love the fact that they picked him. I felt like they got it right. 2016 was promising. 2017, I felt like everything that I've been waiting for when it comes to a quarterback has been found because before Carson, it was years of just, you know, stopgap quarterback, Sam Bradford, um, Mike Vick for a little bit, Nick Foles. Like, it was just like, it was like we can never just have a, a good elite quarterback. And looks like we're back to that. Hey, man, if he goes, he goes. It's not it's not me, you, or anyone else can do about it. So if he goes, he goes. So whatever. That's, I'm going to be hurt and I'm going to be sad, but hey. Jalen Hurts is my guy now. I mean, I, I like him too. I love Jalen Hurts in his draft process. In the draft process, I really did. I thought he was going to need a year or two maybe to sit, but he um he definitely he definitely was one of my favorite players coming out the draft. And it's nice to see him in Midnight Green. He looks good and he damn sure does look good in it. So it's nice to see him in that green or the all blacks or the whites or whatever. It's nice to see him in those in in the colors. So if they do decide to trade Carson, I'm I'm gonna be all aboard the Jalen Hurts train. I will be, because what he showed was promising. He showed a lot of promise. He also showed a lot of you know plays where he also showed a lot of signs of being a rookie and inexperienced. But you expect that from him. I don't think you really expect it from Carson, which is why Carson got so blasted from the mistakes he was making. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, that last game against the Washington football team, I am sick. And tired of hearing old heads and Giants fans complain about the integrity of the game. Man, if y'all don't get out of here with that BS, man. Come on now. Like you did like just last year, they wanted the Giants to lose against these same against the same Washington football team. They wanted them to lose so bad so they can draft Chase Young. What happened? What happened to the integrity of the game then? Right? Like the integrity of the game didn't matter when it was your team, but now that you have playoff implications, now it matters. No, it still doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't have a problem with Doug Peterson did, and especially there was a whole bunch of conflicting reports about guys being mad, but guys knowing, and I don't understand why the reports came out the way they did, but it came out, Miles Sanders said apparently that everyone was pissed off or mad about it or confused about why Jalen Hurts was taken out of the game. But a day later, Jason Kelsey said people knew. Brandon Graham said people knew. I love Miles Sanders. I do. That is my favorite player right now in the league. But he was wrong on this one. Like, if, if, that's, if that's the truth, keep it in-house. That's not something you just go off and tell somebody about, tell a reporter about. It's not. Um, I believe Jason Kelsey. I believe Brandon Graham. I mean, 
what reason would they have to lie? But then again, what reason would Miles have to lie? I'm pretty sure there were people who were pissed off and people who were upset because they were trying to win the game. Thinking about it now, just because they knew doesn't mean they weren't pissed off. Like, <laughs> like that that just dawned on me. That literally just clicked in my head. Just because they knew doesn't mean that they were pissed. Doesn't mean that they weren't pissed off. So, both report both both what Miles said and both what Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham said could be true. Like both of what they said really could really be true. It is. They what they say could really be true. But still, if you are upset, that's not something you just bring out. Cause now you got people talking about oh Doug Peterson lost the locker room. You got people making memes about it. And it's just it's like every time I scroll through the explore page on Instagram, I see someone making a meme. The Eagles have been memed a lot this season, and understandably so. They've been bad, but it's pure hate. I think I don't think it's just all fun and games like it is with the Jets. Like I think with the Jets, it's just like people laughing at them because like because they can. Like it's funny. They they're making jokes about about the Jets and the things that they do. But I've seen like memes from the Eagles, and it's I think that is pure hate. It is pure hate coming from whoever it is, whoever making these accounts, whoever. Whoever posting these memes, like, it's pure hate from them. But, anyway, I don't think it was wrong. I would have done the same thing. Like, in terms of and being an organization, you have to think, you always think forward as an organization. Coaches and players think differently. I don't, I do not think that this was Doug Peterson's decision. Decision, if you know anything about the Eagles, we now know that Howard Roseman is in control of way too much, including who plays and dresses on game day. Um, so I have no reason to believe that this wasn't Doug, not Doug, this wasn't Howie and Jeff telling telling um, Doug, like, hey, get Nate, get Nate Sudfeld in there. Like, you know, like, put Nate Sudfeld in. It doesn't matter when you put him in, just put him in. I believe the plan all along was to put him in in the fourth quarter no matter what happened, they could have been up by 10 and then put Nate Suffield in and then they could have lost and people would have said the same thing. Excuse me. People could have said the same thing. The reason, the reason it gets so much national attention is because they had playoff implications, not for them, but for other teams. And it was on Sunday Night Football. Like, everybody was watching. For some reason, everybody was watching. People had a lot to say about them flexing that game into prime time and you got with you got a team who was fighting for a playoff spot and a team who had nothing on the line like this this is literally an exhibition game for them you just play this last game and then that's it you play this last game you get out of there your season is over you get to go home you get to go with your family if you want to train you get to go do that you get to do whatever you want to do that, that doesn't you know involve you know COVID depending on how good how much they, you know, respect the rules or whatever, but you get to, you pretty much get to do whatever you want to do. And I saw a tweet from Tory Smith that pretty much said that all these players, these former players that go on these national TV shows and are clowning, not clowning, but are in disgust of what the Eagles did. He said, like, he pretty much said, like, y'all know, like, y'all, if you have nothing to play for, like, how little y'all care about this game. Like that's pretty much what he said. Like, like you know how you know as a former player, if you're playing a meaningless game in week 17, you do not care about this game as much as you care about the other games. 
And I believe him. Like, I 100% believe him. Like, what do you got to play for? I understand you might want to get the win, but, like, at the end of the day, you this is literally a game you're playing for fun. Like, <laughs> like you're literally playing this game for fun at this point. Like, when you're playing a meaningless game in December, you're playing for fun. Like, it's, it's cold outside. It's football weather. It's prime football weather. You're playing that game for fun. And I believe him 100%. I do. So, stop complaining. Stop whining. Then. And Joe Judge talking about some he will never do that if it was if he was the coach of the um New York Giants. Obi no, he has to keep that word. So if the Giants are bad again next year and they go six and ten again or five and eleven or something where they're not in the playoffs, and he goes out there and rests his starters or pulls Daniel Jones or if they draft a quarterback. Or stuff like that. Like, he knows he's going to have to hear about that again. Like, I guess not. I mean, I don't know. But anyway, again, you shouldn't have to rely on someone else to put you into the playoffs. And that rant or that quote that he had, he sounded a, he sounded salty. Like, he sounded real salty. Like, it was, it was funny. I was laughing when I was watching it because he sounded salty. Like, it's not the Eagles' fault that you needed their help to get into the playoffs. Like, what the Eagles got to do with you? Like, you should have took care of your business and won your game. Seven wins would have got you in. If you had the opportunity to play, like, if if Evan Ingram had caught that ball, y'all probably make the playoffs, but he didn't. He didn't. Like, y'all had the chance to beat the Eagles. Y'all were up by two. Y'all were up by, like, two possessions. You had a two-possession lead. Like, you were up, you were up 21-10. You were up 21-10 and you lost. Like, that's your fault. That's not, like, like, I don't understand, like, why. I don't understand why the players were complaining. I don't understand. And you heard that the players took it back. At least, at least the vets took it back. Well, I didn't hear, I didn't hear, what's his name? Golden Tate take it back. I didn't see Darius Layton take it back. Or whoever else was tweeting during the game. I didn't see them take it back, but. Logan Ryan spoke up, Jabril Pepper spoke up, and they pretty much said, yeah, we have no right to be mad. Like, you can't be mad. Like, we didn't take care of business. And I respect that. I respect that from them, too. But everybody else, like, what you what you need us to get into the playoffs for? Like, you don't need us to get into the playoffs. You should have took care of business yourself. That's your fault you didn't make the playoffs. Not the Eagles' fault you ain't make the playoffs. You counted on a four-win team to beat the Washington football team, and it didn't happen. Oh, they tanked. They took their. They took the quarterback out the game and put in the third string quarterback. Well, yeah, I mean, like it was a meaningless game, week seventeen, and Jalen Hurts wasn't playing good anyway. He was seven for twenty, like seventy two yards in a pick. Like <laughs> that's that's good. Like like for real. Yeah, he had two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. What was he doing? You. He can't run the ball up and down the field. If he was, he'd be a running back. But he's not. He's a quarterback. Quarterbacks don't get graded on how well they run the ball, which is why people still have questions about Lamar Jackson. You don't get graded as a quarterback on how well you run the ball. Yeah, that's another dimension, but can you throw? Are you Kyler Murray? Are you Lamar Jackson? Are you Russell Wilson? Or are you Mike Vick? Vick had a great arm, trust me, but he just wasn't. He's not. His arm isn't on the same level as Russell Wilson's is. But, like, who are you? 
because people are always going to have questions if you're Mike Vick or Lamar Jackson rather than if you're Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson because those two guys, can they can sling it. They can throw the ball. They're really good at it. They're really good at throwing the ball. Like, I love Kyler Murray and how he's not just a, a running quarterback. He is going to be a really, really good quarterback, and the Cardinals got a good one. They got a great one. So do the Seahawks. But he wasn't playing well. Like Jalen Hurts wasn't playing well when it happened. He wasn't. So the benching was warranted. If if Carson's benching was warranted, so was Jalen Hurts. Because he didn't play well the last game either. So I don't care how many yards you, you throw for. Cowboys fans should know that. Like, Dak has been, Dak puts up numbers. Like, numbers, numbers. Like, don't, don't result in wins. Like, people seem to forget. Like, yeah, Dak was playing really well. They had a win when he got hurt. He was in like week four or five, and they had one. They won one game, and arguably, not arguably, they definitely shouldn't have won that game. <laughs> they shouldn't have won that game. The Falcons had a boneheaded, made a boneheaded decision and lost, and that's how they lost. They made a boneheaded play, and that's how they lost. They had one win that shouldn't even have been a win. So I don't, I don't necessarily understand why you know people sit here and say, I don't know, man, Jack, Jack just. Dak didn't. They don't. Dak doesn't win you games. Like I want wins. I don't want numbers. My point is, I, I want wins. Numbers are going to help you get into the Hall of Fame. Numbers are going to help you at the end of the season when it comes to contract time. Numbers don't necessarily win you games, though. Like numbers don't always win you games. And Dak Prescott is the epitome of that. Like he's going to get a big contract because he puts up such big numbers. But at the end of the day, what have the Cowboys won? Nothing. And if that's what you want Jalen Hurts to be, then go ahead. But I don't want him to be that. Like, I'm going to hold him to that standard. Like, I don't care how, mon- how many yards you put up. Did you win? Like, I don't care if he throws for 500 yards, rushes for 150, right, and has five touchdowns. Did you win? Like, I don't care how many touchdowns you throw. I don't care how many rushing yards you have. I don't care how many passing yards you have. At the end of the day, did you win the game? If you have the opportunity to win the game, it's different if the defense sells you out. But if you have the opportunity to win the game, then did you win it? Or did you choke? Or did you throw a costly interception? Or did you fumble? Which is stuff that he does. Well, he doesn't. He I'm not going to say he threw a lot of interceptions, but he has a fumbling problem. Like, you can't deny that. You can't deny that Jalen Hurts has a fumbling problem. But like I said, numbers don't necessarily help you. Like, people, numbers lie. You can, numbers lie sometimes. Like, you can put up empty stats. It's, and, but back to the original point, that that's why he was benched. Like, his numbers weren't good. Like, he, he wasn't playing well. He wasn't playing well. I'm not going to say that's why he was benched, because that's, that's false. That's not why he was benched. We all know why he was benched. He was benched, you know, because he wasn't, like, he was benched because he was one of the better draft picks. Like, that's the only reason why he was benched. Like, Hurts wasn't benched because he was, you know, playing bad. He was, like, consequently, he was, not consequently, um, coincidentally, he was playing bad, but that's not why he was benched. Like, we, like I said, he was one of the better draft picks. That's the reason he was benched. But you had, like, you had six wins when you look at the Giants, like, you had six wins. Like, you can't complain. 
You didn't do your job. That's not our fault that you didn't do your job. Jeffrey Lurie and Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman and whoever else was involved in that decision, they're not responsible for what the Giants did or what the Giants want. Like, they're responsible for the Philadelphia Eagles. And they did what was in the best interest of the Philadelphia Eagles, not the New York Giants. So to all the fans and all the everyone else, like, who's complaining and whining about it? Like, shut up. Like, you don't, like, what are you complaining for? You don't need to be complaining. Like, that's just, that's just what happens. It's what happens in the NFL. It happens all the time. The Jets did it for a full season. It was a joke then. The Jaguars did it for a whole season. It was a joke then. <laughs> like, the Colts did it for luck. It was a joke. Suck for luck. Remember? The Dolphins did it. Tank for Tua. It was a joke. The Eagles do it for one game, and now they need to be investigated. It, this hurts the integrity of the league. This is a bad look on the NFL. It's been happening for years. 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 Literally, years. It's nothing new, so stop acting like it is. The only reason why is because it's the Eagles. Like, it's the Eagles. That's the only reason why people are acting like this. I stand by that. That's the only reason why people are acting like this. I love talking Eagles, but I want to talk Sixers now. Man. Do you see them? Do y'all see them? Do y'all see the Sixers? I don't think y'all see the Sixers. I don't, y'all, y'all not out here looking at the Sixers. And if you're not, you need to be. Because this team is fun to watch. Embiid is the best big man in the league. And currently right now is the MVP of the league. He's been downright dominant. You can't stop him. He's looked so much better in terms of like conditioning. and like His game is taking another step because he's learning how to pass out of double teams. Like, and... Before, like he, he said himself, he said he didn't really have the confidence in his teammates to hit shots. So he would he would try to do it himself. Now he has the confidence of his teammates to hit shots, and they're hitting shots. I loved everything about what they did this offseason. Hiring Daryl Morey. Hiring Doc Rivers. Like, the assistance Doc Rivers hired. The draft, what they did in the draft, getting Tyrese Maxey for a steal. They should be, Daryl Morey should be charged with theft for drafting this man. Like, he stole Tyrese Maxey. Like, I don't understand why he fell so far. He shouldn't have. Free agency was amazing. Dwight, the pickup of Dwight Howard was absolutely perfect. The pickup of Dwight Howard was perfect. His impact on and off the court for this team is amazing. Adding Danny Green and Seth Curry. Getting rid of Al Horford's terrible contract. I do wish that they would have got rid of Tobias's contract as well, but Tobias's currently making me eat my words and having probably the best like week he's had as a sixer so he's currently making me eat my words with that um maxi like i said is going to be an elite scorer probably not right now but when he gets his chance i fully like expect him to average 20 plus points a game um shake has taken another step he has been He's a bucket off the bench. He constantly, like, he scores. He gets points. Him and Maxie are going to be really good off the bench as long as they're off the bench together. Um, They're elite on defense. Very elite on defense. Like, this team is, is, they have, this team has five players, five players inside the top 20 in defensive player rating. 
I believe it's Ben Embiid, Shake, Tobias, and um Danny Green. Like, this team is menacing on defense. The offense is still a work in progress. The offense is really is still a work in progress. But as long as they keep teams under one ten, they're gonna win. As long as as long as teams don't score above one ten, they're gonna win. The Sixers average like one eleven per game. So as long as they can keep teams under one ten, they're they're definitely gonna win. But I'm just excited for the future. I don't expect them to be title contenders yet, mostly because they don't have an elite scorer or an elite shot creator and um closer. Um, as much as I want Embiid to be that closer for the Sixers, I don't think in half court offense, I don't think teams are gonna allow him to, you know, you know, beat them. Like they're gonna make someone else beat him, whether that's Ben, whether that's Tobias, whether now it's Seth or um Seth Curry or or Danny Green or Matisse Thibault, if he's out there, or Tyrese Maxey, or whoever else it is, they're not going to allow Joel to beat him. They're not going to allow um, Embiid to beat him. Like, I really want the Sixers, because I need hope right now, because the Phillies are going to be bad again this year. Um, as much as I want to get into hockey, I just don't think I will. Um, I love the Flyers and what they've, like, what they've become, because... They went from being a team that was a first round out every time they made the playoffs to a team that could possibly, you know, push. They overachieved this year. And hopefully they can rein in what they have going and continue to get better, not worse. Like um like the honestly, like the Eagles did. The Eagles overachieved in twenty seventeen and have got worse every year since. Um so right now I need the Sixers to be that team that carries me and all of Philadelphia to happiness. I don't care if they're a second-round exit. As long as they're fun to watch, I think it's going to be fine. I do think this is this team is going to be a title contender in the next couple of years. Hopefully they can get themselves an, an elite like shot creator and closer. My, I want Zach Levine. I don't want James Harden as much as people want James Harden. I don't want James Harden. Yes, he's 40 and 17 or he's 30 and 10 a lot of the times, but he plays for the Rockets. So hopefully he doesn't he's the number 1, he doesn't have a number 2. So of course he does that. When he comes here, it's like who's going to get the ball, him or Embiid. Even though I think pick and roll will probably work with him in terms of like who the offense is going to run through. Like that could cause problems with Embiid or it can cause problems with Harden depending on who it is. Um, pretty sure Ben will be traded if it's for Harden. If Harden is, if Harden becomes a Sixer, I'm pretty sure it's going. To, ben is going to be in that, that you know that trade. So Ben will be gone. But I personally myself want Zach Levine. I prefer Zach Levine and Tobias's trade value is as high as it's ever going to be. So Tobias, a couple first round picks and. And Mike Scott, just to get him off the roster, honestly, should be enough for um, Zach Levine. But then again, you have to look in the Bulls' timeline. I don't think either of them players fit in the Bulls' timeline, so probably going to have to part with Tease. And I'm honestly, at this point, I'm fine with that. I do think Tease is, is going to be at. He's going to be Danny Green. Like that's who he is. <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to be Danny Green. If they can trade Tobias and Tease and a pick or two for Zach Levine, I'll be completely fine with that. I love getting Zach Levine in here. 
Um, if you can get Bradley Bill, even better, but I'm pretty sure it's going to cost more to get Bradley Bill than Zach Levine. So, Zach Levine is somebody who I would love the Sixers, to, their Sixers and Daryl Morey to try to, you know, trade for. But other than that, like, this team is fun. It's fun. It's finally fun to watch Sixers basketball. Like, Brett Brown is no longer holding Tobias back, Ben back, or Joe back, or whoever else he's been holding back. I was hoping that it wouldn't be like a scapegoat type thing where they're still bad, but, you know, they use Brett as a scapegoat, and it hasn't been so far. They have the best record in the league. Um, it is currently 10-44 um, January 6, 2021, and they won – against the Wizards not too long ago, probably like an hour ago or half hour ago the game finished. And it was close, but they won. They pulled it out. They definitely pulled it out. I mean, I think that's 7-1 at this point, 8-1 maybe. I'm not 100% sure, but they're winning games and they're winning them, you know, fun, funly. That's not a word, but they're winning them like that. <laughs> yeah, well. I hope you guys enjoy talking tonight because I definitely did. I got this new little setup here too, so I really enjoy using it for the first time. And I see you guys another time. Don't know when, probably hopefully next week. Might surprise y'all, might get y'all a little treat, do a little two episode thing, two episodes in one week, maybe if y'all nice. Bye, ladies and gentlemen, signing off for Fifi, Do You Love Me, and Sib the Kid. I am Mir Mula Mula Mir, whatever you want to call me. Peace.